The seascape beyond the cottage window was beautiful in a monochromatic way. Tarnished silver clouds drifted in a somber sky, and pewter waters shivered under restless whitecaps. Sparse evergreens framed the pale scene with their dark, slender trunks. It was a charming vista, but a painful reminder of how dramatically Beatrice's life had changed. San Francisco was all color, pastel houses marching along the steep hills, scarlet trolleys rattling along their rails, wisps of fog slipping through the vivid orange girders of the Golden Gate Bridge. The island was nothing like San Francisco, and it didn't feel like home. She had to remind herself that she had been here only six weeks. It would take time. She liked the cottage well enough. She had bought it sight unseen, but it lived up to the real estate agent's description as a charming, woodsy getaway. The door from the wraparound porch opened into a well-appointed kitchen, separated from a dining area by a short bar. A 40s-style archway led to a small living room, where wide windows afforded a view of the water. The outside walls were a muted blue-gray, in keeping with the coastal setting. Thick juniper bushes curled along the foundation. The interior walls were cream and rose and butter yellow, warm colors for a cool climate. A short strand of beach, featured prominently in the real estate photographs, ran below the porch, linked to the cottage by a steep stony path. The photographs and the descriptions had somehow failed to mention one significant detail. Steps from the cottage, a small cow barn nestled among the pines and firs, an unpainted lean-to jutting from one side. Beatrice couldn't decide at first if the omission was an oversight or a deliberate effort by the sellers not to introduce a detraction. She doubted many buyers would see the barn as a bonus, nor would they be happy to learn about its occupants. In any case, the purchase hadn't disappointed her, even though her ownership felt temporary. It felt pretend, like setting up a dollhouse, or like playing hide-and-seek, which was a better metaphor. The cottage, indeed the island itself, was Beatrice's hiding place. She was an animal gone to ground, a wounded creature seeking respite, pulling folds of solitude around herself for comfort. Beatrice was unused to isolation. She had chosen this loneliness, and it brought relief of a sort, but it was the kind of relief that comes from the cessation of pain. She was learning that the absence of pain left space for other discomforts, like the weight of unrelenting silence and the yearning for places and people she loved. The worst was missing Mitch. At night, in her sleep, she often turned to reach for him. When her groping hand found nothing but a cold pillow, an unused blanket, she woke and lay aching with loss. She doubted that Mitch, safe in their blue and yellow house above the bay, felt anything like she did. He had neither written nor telephoned. She could only assume he was still angry. In fact, the heavy black telephone in the bar had rung only once since she moved in, and that was to remind her that the store at the ferry dock would sell any milk she couldn't use. Milk, for pity's sake. Who would have thought? Beatrice moved close to the window to watch a single intrepid boat, bristling with fishing gear, plow its way through the frigid waters of the strait. It was too far away for her to see the people on board, so it didn't trouble her to watch its progress. It trailed an icy wake as it circled the distant silhouette of the big island and disappeared. Thinking how cold those fishermen must be made Beatrice shiver and turned to the wood stove that dominated her living room. It hummed and crackled, filling the cottage with the spicy fragrance of burning pine. The fire was comforting, but the stove consumed an astonishing amount of wood. The cord stacked against the side of the cottage was shrinking with alarming speed in the face of the cold snap. She really shouldn't put off calling Mr. Thurman to ask him to deliver more, but she dreaded doing it. 
Mr. Thurman was a pleasant man. When she called him with her first order, he had rattled and jounced up the dirt road, the bed of his ancient Ford pickup piled high with logs. He greeted her cheerfully and made quick work of the chore, accepting her payment with a tip of his flat wool cap. But he hadn't come alone. He would never come alone. Seeing him, them, had ruined what was left of that day. Remembering it, Beatrice pressed a hand to the base of her throat, where the borrowed misery lurked.